Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Mishnah's Erevin Perikhes, Mishnah Hey and Mishnah Vav. And our Mishnah is now going to discuss what qualifies someone as a resident. Is it enough to own a certificate of occupancy, or do you have to actually be present for Shabbos? A person who leaves their home and goes to spend Shabbos somewhere else to go to go on vacation for Shabbos. Whether they're a Nachri or Yisrael, and we know that a idolater has to lease their space or, or rent their space to the Jewish resident, or if they're a Jew who didn't partake in the Erev, and in the case of the non-Jew, they, they, they didn't lease their space. So again, now what you have here is technically if the Jew or the non-Jew, who again, the Jew who didn't partake in the Erev, or the non-Jew who didn't lease their space, were present, the Erev would, would be invalid. However, in our case, they're not home for Shabbos. What's the din? How is it Osir? It's Osir. The Erev doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Because clearly we're defining um, residency by someone who owns a certificate of occupancy and not necessarily someone whether they're present or not. Diver of Mayer comes along with Yehuda and he says, No, ain't no Osir. We only consider someone a resident of the courtyard for the purposes of Erev Chatzeros if they're there and present for Shabbos. If they're not present for Shabbos, we don't care if you technically have your name on the deed of the house, on the title of the house. Because you're not there, so therefore you're not going to ask the Erev if you don't partake in the Erev Chatzeros. Ryosi Omer comes along, Ryosi Nachri Asa Yisrael No, he says, a Nachri, an idolater who leaves town, who doesn't rent a space, that's going to mess over your Erev. Whereas a Jewish resident who leaves town is not going to mess over the Erev. Shane Derek Yisrael Lavo Shabbos. And why is that? It's for a very simple reason, which makes a lot of sense. The issue is that if you're present and you don't partake in the Erev, so then you mess the Erev over. And if the non-Jew is present and doesn't rent out of space, he messes the Erev over. Well, if they're not present, says Rev Yossi, then the Jew is not going to return on Shabbos. He can't come. He, most Jews aren't going to return on Shabbos, especially if it's out of the Tachon. And therefore, since you know he's not returning on Shabbos, you know for certain that from the moment the Shabbos begins until Shabbos ends, the Jew is not going to be in his house. So although, yes, he owns the title to the house, he's not coming there on Shabbos. So therefore, he's not, his, his uh, ownership is not going to disqualify if he didn't partake in the Erev. Well, you don't know the same. You can't say the same for a non-Jew. The non-Jew can easily return on Shabbos. He can go and as he please, go and come as he pleases. He's not bound by Tchum Shabbos. So therefore, just because he's not there Friday night because he went off to, to wherever he went, maybe he'll, he'll show up on, on Shabbos Day. And by showing up on Shabbos Day, now he's back to being a full-fledged resident of the of the Chatzar, of the courtyard. Thus, his presence will invalidate the Eruv. So, so while the Tanakama, or mayor, excuse me, understands that you have to actually, uh, it's not about your presence, but it's about your ownership. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, it's about your presence. But by a non-Jew, he may show up on Shabbos, so therefore he's going to he's going to invalidate it. And even more lenient views, If the Jew, again, the case of a Jew, leaves their house and goes to spend Shabbos with his daughter, and in the same city, within the same tchum, so he can easily return, because we assume that wherever he plans on going for Shabbos, that's where he plans on staying, and therefore, since he plans on staying there, He's not going to return to his home, back to his own chutzer. Now, it's interesting, the Rav points out, why do we specify daughter? He says, because if he goes to visit his son, maybe he will return on Shabbos because then he'll get into fight with his daughter-in-law. Okay, we see complicated relationships with uh, in-laws and, and son and daughter-in-laws, even in the times of Chazal. Comes along Mishnah 6, Mishnah Vav. Mishnah Vav wants, is going to discuss the following case, and this is going to carry on for the next few Mishnayas. Let's say you have two separate courtyards, and you have a wall dividing them. However, these courtyards share a joint cistern, a joint well, meaning to say that in in middle of the this wall, again, the wall goes completely across, but if you look on the floor, there is a well. So technically, if you're a Navy SEAL, you can jump into the well and swim swim across the or underneath the wall and come up on the other side. 
Point being, here you have a well which is jointly shared by these two courtyards, and now the question is going to be, can you draw water from it? Because if I draw water from my side, I'm probably going to end up drawing water from your side, and that's going to be Aser. Says our Mishnah, Bar Shabin you have a cistern shared by two courtyards, and again, there's a wall that runs uh, down the middle. You can't fill your water from this cistern unless you have a mechitza, a barrier within the well at 10 tefachim high. Now, where exactly in the well does it have to be? Whether it's above the water or mostly above the water, let's say. Whether it's below the water or mostly below the water. Or whether it's, even if it's not touching the water, but it's within the rim of the cistern. Meaning to say that it's not touching the water, but it's within the walls of this well of the cistern. And why is that? If it's not touching the water, so it's gonna, you're not, you're, maybe you'll still end up drawing water from the other side. So here, Chazar rely on a leniency called good aches, which means that if you have a partition, we, we view it as if it extends downwards. Something that comes up in Hilchasukah and elsewhere, we view it as if it extends downward. So although, yes, it's not technically touching the water, so long as it's within the walls of the cistern, we view it as if it's going downwards. Rabbi Shimbingam Lil Omer, Beishami Omer Milamata. That Beishamah says it has to be uh, has to be nine tefachim the partition that can be below the water so that it's noticeably separated. So Amr no milamala nine tefachim above the water and only one tefach has to be below the water. Amr Yehuda Rabbi Yehuda now has a more lenient opinion. That the um, we don't, why does the, the, this mechitza have to have to touch the water? The same way you have a um, a mechitza uh, uh, above the water, a wall between the chaseros that is. Um, separating two courtyards, and it passes above it. So we can say that although the existing wall does not extend into the cistern itself, it still creates a legal separation between the two courtyards, and as such, it's considered as if it goes into the well itself, and you can draw from the well. So just a quick review, we have a lot of positions here. We say you have a joint uh, well. You have to have, the first position is you have to have some sort of mechitza, and we don't care whether it's uh, um, mostly above the water, mostly below the water, or as long as it's within the rim of the cistern going downwards. The next position is, um, Meishama says it has to be nine tefachim below the water. Beishilil says, says nine tefachim above the water. Yudu says, no, you don't need any in the well so long as you have a mechitza, a wall, on top of it running the length of the courtyard. I wish you all a wonderful day.